You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is being brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter, at SCargo, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Zags. Today is Monday, April 19th, and today on the show, we will be talking about Anton Watson and Melody Kempton as we continue our player reviews with two of Gonzaga's biggest X-Factors. We start today's episode with history made over the weekend. Friday night in Malibu, Alec Jacob took the mound for Gonzaga and threw the fifth no-hitter in program history. Pepperdine, they were the preseason pick to win the WCC, and Gonzaga was coming off Tuesday's game that got cut short when Stephen Lund had to be taken off in an ambulance after a gruesome leg injury. So all of that made Alec Jacob's performance even more incredible. I was able to talk with Alec Jacob on Friday night after his historic performance, and we talked about what this meant for him and for the team coming off of that emotional game. Alec Jacob is on the show, fresh off the first Gonzaga no-hitter since 1990. It's been 31 years, and now a hometown Spokane kid is the one to get it done. How did it feel to be mobbed by your teammates? Oh, it was incredible. I mean... You know, it was a full team effort. My defense played incredible, and just being able to celebrate that with them, it was it was an incredible feeling. I've never experienced anything like that before. I've never been the center of the the dog pile, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, that's, I don't really have words, honestly. At what point tonight did you kind of feel that you had all your stuff working for you? Uh, I think it was like the fourth or the fifth inning. I was I was really in a groove. And um, I looked over the scoreboard, and I'm like, hey, they don't have any hits yet. Like, I, I don't want to, like, jinx myself here, but uh, it's going pretty well. So, I, yeah, I tried to keep myself calm the whole time because I didn't want the moment to get too big for me. So I was just taking deep breaths before every pitch, trying to relax. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. And not only did you throw a no-hitter, but the bats came alive as well and gave you 10 runs of support. Um, does does this feel a little extra special coming off of Tuesday's emotional game, knowing that the team kind of came together with this kind of performance? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tuesday was terrible. I mean, it was so tragic to see Steve go down like that and having to – that bus ride home was really tough for the whole team, I think, and the last couple of days have been hard just – uh, you know, knowing that we're going to be without him. And Coach Max done a really good job of saying how uh, we need to, you know, celebrate, you know, what we still like, who we have, and uh, going forward and try not to dwell on who we've lost. And it's obviously terrible. It sucks that we won't have Steve for the rest of the year, but it's this is definitely going to, I think this is something that we can, yeah, like you said, we can all celebrate and get behind and hopefully get our spirits back up. And, uh, get us rolling again I mean we keep winning but yeah that was definitely this is a tough moment and this is definitely sending us back in the right direction personally I've loved watching you pitch the last couple of years your off-speed stuff is straight up nasty uh, do you kind of look up to or model yourself after any major leaguers um, I mean, I'm pretty unique. I have a, like a weird arm slot and stuff, but I, uh, I definitely take some things from uh, Marcus Stroman. 
he's the guy that I really like to watch. I always watch all of his all of his outings, all of his highlights. Um, he does a lot of weird deliveries and like changes his timing to the plate and stuff. And uh, I tried to model that uh, that aspect of my game around his because he's he always like thinks like one step ahead. Uh, like trying to think of like how can how can he be creative and finding unique ways to get hitters out and so I I really like that I mean he's five eight and he's found a lot of success and so it's it's pretty cool um, just being able to take things from guys like that just watching them and trying to model like you said uh, things that are like similar to his game but uh, at the same time yeah I'm I'm definitely unique and uh, I like my grips and stuff and like all my pitches are pretty unique to me but i um i definitely will watch him and just see what i can take away from him because he he also likes to really pitch with a lot of emotion and enjoy himself on the mound skipping around after strikeouts and i, I really try to do that just you know go out there and have fun try not to you know put too much pressure on myself so yeah i'd say i'd say him for sure i love it hey man congrats again i'll let you get back to celebrating uh keep up <laughs> Keep up the good ball. You guys are playing fantastic right now. Good luck uh, the rest of the season. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Gonzaga would go on to take two out of three from Pepperdine over the weekend. They lost a, a heartbreaker on Saturday after two infield singles in the bottom of the ninth. But they bounce back on Sunday with a big 11-6 victory. And they continue to lead the WCC. They now have an 11-4 record in league play, which is one game ahead of Portland atop the WCC standings. Personally, I think this is my favorite Gonzaga baseball team to root for uh, since I've kind of been following them. I spent the first 18 years of my life living in San Jose, and the last 10 years I've been in Spokane. So obviously you've got the hometown Spokane kid and Alec Jacob who went to North Central, uh, and he just threw the no-hitter. But they also have a San Jose kid in William Kempner, um, who's one of their Sunday starters that they use. And he and I went to high schools in the same league in the Bay Area. And so I saw him last Sunday after he threw just an absolute gem against St. Mary's. And I was like, hey, you got to keep representing for the WCAL. And he told me absolutely. So a pitching staff with the San Jose kid and a Spokane kid makes it really easy for me personally to, to root for this group of guys. And they're really playing great ball right now. Um, they've won 10 out of the last 13. They're hitting the ball like they always do. They're always the Gonzaga always has really good hitting teams, but they're getting a lot of really really good pitching. So they've won 10 of the last 13. They're atop the uh, WCC. They're a top 30 team in the RPI. So they're playing really really good ball. And you should uh, hop on board the Gonzaga baseball train. They're going to travel to Washington uh, and they'll play the Huskies tomorrow afternoon on Tuesday before hosting BYU in Spokane Thursday, Friday, Saturday of this week. Of course, Alec Jacobs, no hitter, might not be the only piece of history for Gonzaga. By the time you're listening to this, Chet Holmgren may have already made his announcement. The top-ranked recruit, class of 2021, is supposed to make his college decision at 9 a.m. this morning and uh, is supposed to announce it on ESPN. Uh, followed shortly by what is expected most likely to be an NBA draft decision from Jalen Suggs at 11 a.m. Because we don't know for sure what those two things are going to be yet, we are going to talk about both of those things at length at the start of tomorrow's show, Tuesday. Um, and if indeed Chet Holmgren chooses to come to Spokane, we will talk uh, extensively about how Chet Holmgren fits into Gonzaga's system, how they can utilize him offensively, what his strengths are defensively, 
Uh, and so we'll get in all of that tomorrow's episode. Today, before we get into our player reviews, here are just a couple other odds and ends from the weekend. James Akinjo is in the transfer portal. He originally started his career at Georgetown and then transferred to Arizona. And if you remember when he transferred to Arizona, there was interest uh, from Gonzaga in the original transfer. Now he's transferring again. I imagine there'll be interest. Uh, he's a, a, a decent guard. He shoots at 40% from deep. The question is if he wants, uh, you know, a lot of shots. I don't think there's a ton of shots available for him at Gonzaga, but it's certainly another name to keep an eye on. And then one last thing is LMU continues to be active in the transfer portal. They got a transfer, a 6'9 stretch big from Cal State Northridge named Alex Merkbalatze. Averaged 10 points and 7 rebounds at Cal State Northridge, like I said, and he's only played one year of college ball. So this is not just a piece for this season. This is going to be a big piece for the next few years uh, for Stan Johnson down there in Southern California. So he could, I mean, once Eli Scott leaves, and he's coming back this season for a fifth year, once Eli Scott leaves, Merck Valace could very easily step into that spot and, and become kind of their next great forward. So they've got him, and then they've got three really talented guards that they've gotten off the transfer portal, most notably Cameron Shelton from Northern Arizona, plus Eli Scott is returning. And so right now I'd probably put LMU Honestly, in like the number two spot in the WCC for most talented rosters. So good for the Lions. Hopefully they can continue their ascent in the league. Okay, coming up, we're going to talk about X-Factors. We're going to start with Anton Watson, and then we're going to end the show with Melody Kempton. Both of them do a whole bunch of little stuff really, really well for Gonzaga. But in my opinion, both of them are going to need to take on more scoring next season and become a little bit more aggressive. So we'll talk about both of those coming up in just a second. Before we get to all that, Major League Baseball is back. And if you want a place to bet on that, betonline.ag is the place to go. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball are now in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you cover for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Football fans, the Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live day one draft coverage. All right, I'm going to do my best to talk about Anton Watson here with just the notes that I jotted down earlier. I have no internet and I'm sitting in a dark room because the power is out late Sunday night at uh, a few blocks here in Spokane. So, Anton Watson. I watched Anton Watson play for uh, his entire high school career. And he developed from raw, good basketball player into, okay, this dude is a freak athlete, into, wow, okay, this guy could be a star. And so he came to Gonzaga, and I had very, very high hopes for him. Uh, and, and in the exhibition game, if you guys remember, the exhibition game last year when he was a freshman, he had 28 points on 12 of 13 shooting. <laughs> the very first game against other opponents, he had 28 points on 12 of 13 shooting. And he started the first four games as a true freshman, averaged 10 and a half points and six rebounds. And then he suffered the injury 
uh, in the Bahamas, I believe it was against Southern Miss in the first game. And he basically spent that entire rest of his freshman season just battling shoulder injuries the entire time. Eventually, uh, as we all know, he, he, he kind of got the surgery that he needed and then he started going through rehab. But he spent all of last offseason in rehab with very little time for development. So when he came back as a sophomore this year, he was a little bit more timid, uh, kind of as he tested his shoulder in gameplay. And I'm not sure when he started to actually trust uh, that the shoulder was okay, but he started in all 17 games to start the year. And then eventually Andrew Nemhard took over that starting spot. Um, and it's kind of, some people were frustrated uh, because they saw glimpses of greatness from Watson. Uh, like, you know, he had the, the dunk at the end of the Pepperdine game where he just postered some dude. And he scored 23 points against Portland. Uh, if you remember, he got benched at the start of the second half against Northwestern State early in the year. And he had a huge second half in that game. And then the next game he came out and had double-figure double, double figure scoring as well. And he had seven steals combined in those three halves. Uh, and then in the NCAA tournament, when he played Norfolk State, he had 17 points, seven rebounds, four assists, and three steals. So when he plays angry and aggressive, I think he's got an NBA ceiling. Um, he's, I mean, on offense, he's got good post moves. Uh, he's got the ability to drive from the perimeter when he wants to. And then he kind of has this rip and go from the mid post. Um, and then defensively, he's got good hands. Um, when he's locked in and he's not flat-footed, I mean, he could be an elite one-on-one -on -one defender. And he's always, always, always seems to be in the right spot and help side defense. So... The question really is, how do we get the angry, aggressive Anton Watson all the time? Because his role next season is probably going to be fairly similar, right? He's going to play, I don't know, anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes, depending on uh, kind of the, the rest of the guy's development on the roster and his own. Um, but like, it's, it's his third year now, right? And so... He's probably going to be, like I said, in that same role where he's not going to be needed necessarily as a scorer, but he certainly can be. Um, and, if, and if he becomes a much more reliable scorer and a more consistent offensive threat to go with the rest of the guys on the court, like they're going to be really, really hard to stop. And so for me, it's kind of like, hey, this is going to be his third year in the program, right? And only he and Drew Timmy, I mean, if Timmy comes back, he and Drew Timmy are like the elder statesmen. They've been there the longest. They know what's going on. And so um, I kind of liken it to like, hey, this was basically Anton Watson's freshman season, right? Because his, his actual true freshman season got wiped out by a shoulder injury. So he came in this year with a clean slate, played his first real season as a college basketball player. And now it's time for him to kind of take that sophomore jump uh, into next season. And the biggest thing for me is that this offseason, he gets a full offseason to develop his game, work on his quickness, his athleticism, all the stuff he needs to work on instead of rehabbing. And I, I don't know if I can emphasize that enough, he is not going to be spending six months rehabbing this entire summer. He's going to be spending six months working on his game, and that could provide him kind of the, the liftoff point that he needs to have a huge junior year. So we'll see what happens with Anton Watson, but he is going to be a huge piece of next season's roster for sure. 
Okay, from one forward to another. Coming up, we're going to talk about Melody Kempton. The standout sixth man from the last two years is likely going to be a starter next season with the departure of the Worth Twins. What does she bring to the table? We will discuss in just a second. But of course, we got to get this in here. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. It's even perfect for keto diets. There are over 20 amazing flavors, including peanut butter, caramel brownie, banana bread, cookies and cream, and many more. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy, but also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. That cookies and cream bar, for example, 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. So go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. Football fans, tune in today through April 26th and listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Urban, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team will be making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Okay, we'll finish the show today talking about Melody Kempton, the 6-1 forward from Post Falls, Idaho. She's been a three-year role player, and she's been the sixth man each of the last two seasons. Um, And really... She does a lot of the dirty work for Gonzaga. She was second in offensive rebounds last year, and she was third in offensive rebounds this year. She was second in blocks last year, and then this season she had the highest field goal percentage of any rotation player on the roster, mainly because she's an excellent rim runner. The last two years she's averaged right around 18 to 20 minutes a game, um, but she's increased her field goal percentage each of her three seasons in Spokane. So she's shot 49% as a freshman, 52% as a sophomore. And this season, like I said, she led all rotation players by shooting six, nearly 61% uh, from the floor. She also increased her free throw percentage from last season to this season, uh, 59% to 67%. She averaged right around seven points a game, uh, right around four rebounds a game each of the last two years. So she's really just the most solid kind of sixth man that you can have. And so now she's going to return for her senior year. And with the departure of Jen Worth and Leanne Worth and Jill Townsend, Melody Kempton is the second leading returning scorer. And she's likely going to be a starter for the first time in her career. And with that, she's likely gonna have to show a larger uh, offensive repertoire than just kind of fast break points and offensive rebounds. Obviously, those two things are fantastic, but um, if she does more than just that, she can become a double-digit scorer, and they're going to need some players to step up and become double-digit scorers with the only three double-digit scorers on the roster leaving. Um, And so she can become the focal point of the offense and be a double-digit scorer. That would be huge. If not, 
She may just kind of stay in that same role where she plays 20 minutes, is a great rebounder, good rim runner, does a lot of little things. Um, but maybe Yvonne Ejim or Eliza Hollingsworth or Anna Verjogi, who are all really talented front court players, maybe they'll steal the minutes and kind of become that, uh, that scoring forward. Whatever ends up being the case, um, Kempton is going to be a major factor next season as a senior. For me, I think the question kind of is like, hey, how big of a step up does she make? Because I talked a little bit about this with with Kaylee Trong, right? I think she's most likely the most important player uh, to Gonzaga's season next year. But Melody Kempton's up there too, because how big of a step she takes up could determine Gonzaga's ultimate ceiling as a team in the 2021-2022 season. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, In an ideal world, hopefully I have power back by the time Monday morning announcement happens with Chet Holmgren and I can watch it. But either way, we're going to be talking about Chet Holmgren on the podcast tomorrow morning. Assuming he picks Gonzaga, the question is, how exactly does he fit in on both ends of the floor? I will talk about that. We're also going to recap whatever Jalen Suggs decides to say. And then we're going to continue our player reviews, of course. And we're going to talk tomorrow about a couple of talented wings Julian Strother on the men's side, Abby O'Connor on the women's side. Both of them are going to be hoisted into larger roles next season, and both of them may end up being relied upon for some three-point shooting. So tomorrow, Chet, Suggs, Strother, O'Connor, all coming up Tuesday morning show. Don't forget, you can rate and subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. Why do you love Gonzaga? Why do you root for Gonzaga? What does Gonzaga mean to you? I will read them every Friday on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo. That's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with your story, you can do so. LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Monday. Hopefully the announcements go well today on ESPN. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.